Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. The topic today is divorce. Uh, I think it's a tough one. I have been married for many decades, never contemplated divorce, but I have heard of situations where there's a mother-in-law who says to her daughter, hey, if it doesn't work out, you can just divorce them, just like I did. Um, I observe also when I'm in the checkout lane at the grocery store, and I look at People Magazine and USA and others, it seems that divorce is typically a headline. So it gets a lot of promotion, and statistics indicate more than 50% of marriages end in divorce, and even a little larger percentage of Christian families divorce. That surprises me. You know, I wish it surprised me, but after the research and doing all this coaching with families, it doesn't surprise you. It doesn't surprise me, and it it's, doesn't surprise me maybe for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, for whatever reason, I think it's human nature, when we get into faith and we're passionate about the faith, we almost always bend it. It happened in the Old Testament. It happened in the garden, and it happened. It's happening with us. We almost bend it back towards you know rules to measure how we're doing. And so, when we get into a rules mindset, if someone breaks the rules, then they're bad. They're out. I loved you, but now I hate you because you broke the rules. Right. And so, I mm-hmm. I'm fearful that mm-hmm. our lack of understanding how Jesus handled sin with the woman at the well and the rich young ruler and the the prostitute and the tax collector and the leper, our lack of understanding of Jesus's love and compassion for those that fail um, because they hate failing, we all hate failing, um, leads us to be more dogmatic, I hate to say it, about what's right and wrong and what then moves us towards the mindset that, okay, I can't forgive you. I I won't let go of this hurt. I can't restore this relationship, so let's get divorced. And it's a disaster. God doesn't hate people that get divorced. He loves them. He has compassion. He had compassion upon the masses, it says in in Matthew 5. But the reality is um, it, it moves, I think, the reason God says that he hates divorce is the impact it's having on the kids. And that's my biggest concern because in all the coaching I do, I run across a lot of kids with a lot of baggage and a lot of its rut stems back to that time when their parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. I observe that uh, the kids get put in the middle, oftentimes are poems. Um, the parents will play the who loves you more game, which has to be confusing, especially for younger kids. But it certainly complicates the relationship between the divorced parents and the kids. Well, Jonathan, I know a little bit about your story. And I'm going to turn around the interview here for a second on sure. you. And I know you personally have had several of your kids experience divorce. Right. And the pain of that as a grandparent I'm sure has been significant, but you've had the experience of actually seeing 
the outcome when kids get in the middle? What do you what do you see? Mm-hmm. Well, kids certainly observe that the parents are attempting to hurt each other, even after a number of years, even after five, six, seven years. Um, it makes you wonder how they internalize that, that they see mom attempting to hurt dad and maybe dad attempting to hurt mom. Um, confusing, I think. That's got to be extremely complicating for young kids growing up and seeing that. Yeah, they feel like, from talking to them, they feel like they're pawns yeah. in a game and that they're not really loved by either party. Right. Because, you know, they're being used as a tool to be fought over, over time and over money and over yeah. all of these different things. I think what I'm most concerned about, though, Jonathan, is at the point when parents make the decision to get divorced, the reality is there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of anger, uh, oftentimes in both parents. And what gets lost in that is what's going on with the kids. The research, not my research, but others' research, says that kids internalize divorce and and almost always internalize it in the format that they're somehow the cause of the divorce. Right, they're at fault there. They're at fault for it. And that leads to really negative conclusions about themselves that they carry very deeply that will impact the rest of their lives and even their future marriages and relationships themselves. And what's not happening is we're so hurt as parents and the kids see that we're hurt and they don't want to do anything to make it worse, but they're bleeding inside, but they hold it in and they don't share it with their parents because they see all of this going on around them and they don't want to hurt their parents more. Mm-hmm. But what needs to happen is our kids need the freedom and the permission and the space to grieve that divorce. They need to be allowed to be sad. They need to be allowed to be confused. They need to be allowed to be angry. That's part of the grieving cycle. They need to be angry at both the parents if they're going to grieve and come out of this with healthy conclusions. And when parents then continue the battle beyond the divorce being final, it is absolutely so destructive to the kids. I haven't looked as closely at the research as you, but my sense would be that divorce begets divorce. You know, I haven't really seen too many longitudinal studies on that. But I will tell you this, I think what it's more likely what it's going to get is what it's gotten in Japan, is divorce begets no marriage. Okay. What, it, what it's leading to is so many doubts about whether marriage can work, whether they can be in a relationship, especially if their parents continue the battle after the divorce. They get really jaded about relationships and divorce. It's I think driving the hookup culture in the youth arena. Um, And, and so I'm just going to go have, you know, friends with benefits and not get into a serious relationship where I could get hurt. Like I saw my parents get hurt. Mm -hmm. And, and if that hurts continuing and they just keep hurting each other through the kid, the kid loses all hope that a good relationship, a good marriage is possible. If I'm the kid in a family that's been divorced 
and uh, I have a chance to talk to you and say, how can I help my parents like each other a little better or get along? Because they constantly seem like they're throwing grenades at each other. You know, I think the best strategy for a kid in that situation is to get very transparent with how it makes them feel. Okay. It's for the kid to say, you know, Bob, when you're saying these things about dad and doing these things to get even with dad, it leaves me hurt. It leaves me feeling like there's no hope for me to have a good relationship. Why should I even bother dating or get a, getting married? The kids share some of those things, which they're scared to death to do, and I often help them do as a coach. Um, that will that will hit the parent between the eyes mm-hmm. and square in the chest and in the heart, and hopefully that parent will hear it and hear their kids' pain and realize that they need to stop. So it's the kid leading with love in that situation. It's leading with transparency. Something that's missing in so many homes I work with is transparency. Right. We don't share our feelings. Instead of keeping the secret of the hurt right. that's inside. Right. It's opening up and telling mom and dad how you feel. Yeah, and, it, and it's mom and dad sharing their feelings and concerns and worries with their kids as opposed to coming down on them, them telling them, don't do this, don't do that. Man, I'm just really worried if you do this that it could lead to hurt. Well, why are you so worried and what hurt do you think it could be? You share that. Now you're sharing at a heart level. You're sharing at a transparent level as opposed to a control right-wrong level. Right-wrong always leads to arguments, different perspectives, and fights. We share at a heart level, a transparent level. Conflict melts away. Well, you brought it to me personally because there have been a couple divorces uh, with our kids. Um, I'm not sure that uh, grandparents should jump in, but are there times when you would recommend that? I would think the best place for a grandparent would be with the kid coming alongside and letting that kid vent off the hurt and the feelings. The grandchild. In other words, coming along the grandchild. Yes. Helping that grandchild, giving them permission to grieve if the parents aren't. Mm -hmm. And showing them what the grieving cycle is. You can look it up online and say, you know, you're probably stuck right up here at the beginning because no one ever gave you permission and you felt like you were at fault and, and, and things were so crazy, you just could let down your guard to be sad, to cry, to get angry at your parents. You know, I'm giving you permission. So, you know, vent with me. Let's get this, your doubts, your fears, the stuff that's happening on the table. And let's get you talking about it and healing so that it doesn't impact your future relationships and your future marriage. Because that's what they're really worried about. It needs a transparency. Yep. You're listening to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. More in a moment. Resentment is a disease that will eat you up from the inside. Dr. Robert Enright, UW-Madison professor and forgiveness researcher, says forgiveness can help cure you. If someone has wronged you, as soon as they're inside your head and your heart, they've won. Forgiveness can remove the resentment and cleanse your head and your heart. Dr. Enright founded the International Forgiveness Institute, and it's doing miraculous work around the world. 
Learn about forgiveness and forgiveness therapy at internationalforgiveness.com. Does your child listen to you and do what you ask? Are you tired of the battles? There is hope and a fresh approach to this tiring dilemma. Researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott has done research with 3,500 kids that identifies why kids stop listening and hide in their rooms. The program is called Influential Parenting, and it brings a new perspective to these issues. It's bringing joy and peace back to the parent-child relationship. Get Influential Parenting today at revivefamily.com radio. Do you want your kids to keep the faith? Most parents do. Would you be surprised to learn that 70% of young adults today are not continuing in the faith in which they were raised? At that rate, most mainline American churches can't survive. Researcher, counselor, and coach Jeff Schott has had conversations with more than 2,000 Christian kids about their faith and the churches they were brought up in. Jeff wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, which tells the story of faith loss among young adults. At Jeff's website, revivefamily.com, you'll get an understanding of their perspective on faith and why they're heading for the exits. Jeff Schott is the host of Parenting in the 21st Century and has been researching the lifestyles and behaviors of kids and their parents for two decades. Revivefamily.com features his research studies, CDs, DVDs, books, and more. Visit revivefamily.com on your way to becoming a wiser, better parent. Continuing with Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We've been talking about divorce. And Jeff, if there's a couple that's just been divorced, they have two or three children, and one of them says, I want to be sure that this divorce is, obviously the person thinks it's the right decision for them, but they want to make good decisions as a divorced parent on behalf of their kids. What's your recommendation? Well, I know that, you know, parents will almost always tell their kids that it's not their fault. But that really doesn't change their perspective from my discussions with those kids. And so my my strongest recommendation, my my pleading with with the, the parents that are going through this is to, as hard as it is, to ask open-ended questions about how they're doing, how they're feeling, are they angry at them, do they feel betrayed, do they feel like we were part of the problem in the divorce. And I'm talking about that parent asking their kid, you know, what was my part in the divorce? What did I do wrong? Things to get those kids to open up and let those feelings that they're suppressing and burying out and on the table. And that may mean that kid ends up yelling at you. You destroyed my life. I don't know who I am anymore. But, you know, if we're going to be the good shepherd in our kid's life, if we're going to have the influence, if we're going to be able to lead them going forwards, we need to be willing to hear the reality of how our decisions, our behavior has impacted their world. You're promoting an understanding of this new world that the kids are in. So they understand the parent and what the parent is feeling, but they want the parent to understand 
the feelings now that have become part of their life because of the divorce. Right. Their 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 life, you know, my parents did divorce when I was older, and it still tossed my life. It changed so many conclusions and things for me. It created a deep fear in my in my own wife that I might do the same thing my dad did. Um, mm-hmm. It had all of these unbelievable impacts, even for me. And for a younger kid who now has to go back and forth between different homes, which often have different operating paradigms, I mean – it is so difficult for them um, from talking to them because in this house, this parent approaches this and has this set of expectations. In this house, they're totally different. In this house, this one's remarried and just had another child, and they're expecting this kid, this their first kid, to babysit this kid all the time. And this, yeah. and all of a sudden, their world is. It's like the fifty-two card shuffle, man. It's you know smoke fire with the mm-hmm. fifth, the deck of cards. Mm-hmm. That's how they feel, and we've got to get them to express that and share those things with us, um, so that they can process, so that they can vent, so that they can grieve, so that they can heal. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't, all of those fears, all of those. Uh, sources of pain are going to be sensitive spots that they're going to carry into their future relationship, their future marriage. And without a transparency, they bury all that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. They don't want to talk about it. And that's going to be the hard part is to get them to talk about it. One of the great things that I've found that really works well when when they don't want to share, they won't open up, is to say, you know, I could imagine in this situation that you would be feeling like this, this, and this. Am I even close to right? And and sometimes they, they've got all these feelings, but they're young, and they're all tangled together, and they can't put them to words. But when we suggest some of their potential feelings, it gives them some language to talk to us about it gives them some thoughts to go yeah this one no it wasn't that but it's this you know (laughs) i can imagine you might be angry at me yeah you're right i'm really angry at you Mm -hmm. where they're afraid to share that but if we'll throw some of those uh, things on the table it's amazing how they'll open up and one of the opening questions is how do you feel when this happens right Uh, get to the feelings the emotions the senses that you have yeah I, i mean what what are you going through What's going on deep inside there? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you really feeling about your parents right now? So they could play a transforming role, I would think, in uh, revealing to both parents how they feel, especially when mom and dad, at least their feeling is, they've been placed in the middle. Right. And they're regularly hearing, you're right. I'm right, you're wrong, and that's never going to flip. Right. The rightness and wrongness argument will continue. Well, and and the reality is, you know, parents just need to stop. They they've got to put aside the hurt that they've got from the the relationship and however it ended. And they need for the benefit of their child and the, and the benefit of their future marriage and family, they have to stop the bickering, the fighting, the blaming, the finger pointing, because all that does is keep 
the parents riled up. They're always on boil on the inside related to this. And so when their kids do something wrong, it's really easy for that boil to spill out with their kids. And and so, you know, what's missing in that equation is forgiveness. What's missing in that equation is a willingness to let go of the hurt. And holding on to hurt, and I've done it, it poisoned me. And it caused me to poison a lot of really important relationships mm-hmm. because I held on to hurt and I didn't let go and I didn't forgive. And man, once I forgave, you know, people that deeply hurt me, I actually went back and apologized to. And I really, if if an outside party came in and did a ledger analysis on who was more at fault, it wasn't me. And anybody would agree, <laughs> but I'm the one that went back and apologized because I had let go and I had forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that helped restore some of those relationships. We talked uh, in an earlier program about freeing, a freedom that a person senses. And I think uh, that's a big part of forgiveness, is it not? That you you can let that baggage fall away. And you're not dragging that along. I mean, Don Henley wrote a remarkable song some years ago that I know some churches even used, The Heart of the Matter. Right. All about for, It's all about forgiveness. Right. And it's hard to get to that point. I mean— If you think you're so right and right. so convinced the other person is wrong, how do you forgive? I'm going to say it's maybe even deeper than that. We have a hard time forgiving when we're hurt, when we're in pain. And oftentimes that hurt and pain stays with us because we haven't grieved it. We haven't given ourselves the freedom to go through the sadness, the confusion, the disillusionment, the anger. So you need to grieve to release that hurt. And once you begin to release that hurt, forgiveness gets a lot easier. But we're not taught about grieving in our culture. In our homes, we don't right. teach our kids about. You just grieving. suck it up and, and go on. Yeah, which means we suppress it, we stuff it, but it's in there boiling. That hurt is still in there, and so they can say something on the other side of this divorce situation, and all of a sudden it triggers that pain, and we're back into, you know, fight, <laughs> fight mode, just like that, because we haven't really grieved ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so this grieving thing is really vital in divorce. They say. Studies say the average recovery time for a divorce is seven years. But boy, I think if we understood grieving and we gave ourselves the permission to grieve and we did the same for our kids, I think the recovery Mm -hmm. time could be dramatically shorter. And the relationships between the divorce parties would be so much healthier. And that would be so much healthier for our kids. Do you find yourself uh, promoting forgiveness even among children in divorce situations? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I find it in every situation. In most families I'm working in today, coaching, you know, I've got clients from Seattle and California to Florida. Okay. Mm. The bottom line is they, most families don't have a resolution process where things get discussed, understood, where apologies are issued, sincere apologies, and where forgiveness is extended. So they stay stuck. Yeah, I don't have a resolution. Well, process. I'm sitting with kids all the time that are like, none of their issues, their hurts with their parents have ever been addressed. And so they're carrying this weight and this pain inside them, and their parents are wondering why they're erupting at everything, and they're convinced it's because it's bad behavior, and they're whacking away at it with consequences. It's completely hopeless. 
you can whack away at all you want. It's just going to add more hurt to that equation. They're going to get harder and more distant, just like our nine-year-old daughter did. And so this need to allow people to express their pain, their hurt, and then to get to a point of understanding and apologies and forgiveness is absolutely critical. I mean, this summer I'm working with a coaching client and the daughter looked at me and says, I can't forgive my parents. I won't forgive my parents. And I looked at her and I'm like, then I went to the parents and I'm like, are you guys forget? They weren't forgiving each other either. And I mean, we sat down and did an entire two hour session as a family talking through forgiveness of what it is and how it works and mm-hmm. why it's important mm-hmm. because it just wasn't happening in any direction in that family. What a challenge. Oh, it's a disaster. You, you, you're not – They can't grow. They can't get beyond where they are. They're totally stuck. And you can't have any influence. If your kid has got a bunch of hurts that he's never been allowed to share with you and you've never apologized for it, he's never forgiven to you, they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> Stop trying to force them right. because it's not going to work. The communication ends. Right. And yeah. and that's what I see happening in divorce situations is things are so intense. The emotions are so strong. Everyone's afraid to even share them because they're they're I mean, they could be pretty, you know, dark. They could be pretty violent, <laughs> some of the thoughts that are going on. But man, if you bottle them and you don't let them out, you don't grieve, they're gonna haunt you in every relationship in your life. That's it for this edition of Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return again next week with another program designed to help you become a wiser, better parent. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed health care professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.